the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buca Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We're going to begin our reading there in Romans chapter 5, verse number 18. It says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died has been set free or rather freed from sin now if we died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died he died to sin once for all but life, the life that he lives, he lives to God. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning, eternal and everlasting God? Thank you for your word. Thank you for this privilege we have in the preaching of the gospel. It is my prayer even now, Heavenly Father, that you would bless the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart. Lord, let the word of God come forward clearly on today that as those who are listening uh, receive the word, God, that it would penetrate their heart, their soul, their spirit their mind and they would know that they're hearing from the very oracles of God. I pray eternal God if there's any that don't know you as personal Lord and Savior of their life 
that today would be the day, God, that they would surrender and say, what must I do to be saved? Spirit of the living God, we need you in this experience on today that you might strengthen my weak and frail body, that it might be used as a vessel to accomplish your will. Father, I know that you will complete what you have begun. And so even now, Heavenly Father, I yield myself to be used by you. So glorify yourself, God, in this moment and in this hour. I pray that you would edify the body, that you would encourage the discouraged, that you would do what you desire to set forth to do. Now, God, we give your name the glory, the honor, the praise, for you alone are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, we have been uh, preaching through a series of messages entitled Proper Relationships. And so as we continue to look at the uh, relationships or proper relationships theme uh, on this morning, we find ourselves in this particular uh, text of, of, of Scripture in Romans, very powerful book that lays out for us. Uh, the most comprehensive uh, exposition of salvation and redemption of man. And in this passage, it definitely speaks clearly of the redemptive work of God by the grace that took place through Christ himself on man's behalf. Um, The purpose, ultimately, of this act of grace was that man might be reconciled to God. Uh, it's interesting when we look at this whole reconciliation idea that uh, if we're going to understand it properly, we've got to go all the way back to the garden where it began because uh, the reconciliation uh, issue, there's no need of reconciliation unless there's been some brokenness. And so if we go all the way back to the garden uh, where the relationship died in the first place, I think it would help us. Uh, so I want to take you back for just a moment and remember that it was there in the garden that God uh, scooped up dirt and then uh, he caused the dirt to stand. And as the dirt stood, uh, it was not until God breathed his breath, his spirit into the dirt that is Adam. And then the Bible says that the man became a living being. In other words, he became alive unto God. He became spiritually alive as God was alive. And so man was spiritually alive unto God. And as God had created the man uh, as well, he had given the man instructions. He warned the man, uh, man, I'm giving you all of this to enjoy, all of these trees and all of this garden and all of this is yours and all of this you will have dominion over. But he warned the man saying, uh, somewhere around Genesis chapter two seventeen, that in the day that you eat of the fruit that is in the midst of the garden, the tree that is in the midst of the garden, he says, in that day, you will surely die. And so we have already looked at there in when we were looking uh, in our series of messages, and we were in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, when we looked at the relationships of uh, husbands and wives, we, we saw there in the distraction phase that the man and the woman ultimately did take of the fruit that was in the midst of the garden. And when they took of the fruit that was in the midst of the garden, the woman took and she ate and she gave it to her husband who was with her. And the Bible says it was at that moment that they, they died unto God. They spiritually died unto God and the relationship that God had with man, that spiritual connection that God had was ma- with man was at that point uh, destroyed. It was fractured. It was broken. And so there was now no more relationship with man and God in a, of a spiritual nature. And so 
uh, as things would play themselves out, it would not be until the coming of Christ uh, and the death of Christ on the cross that the possibility that man and God's relationship could ever be reconciled again. In other words, there was no way, no means by which God being spiritual could be reconnected to a dead man because you can't connect that which is dead to that which is alive. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you fix it. I don't care what you put on it. You cannot connect something dead to something that is alive and expect it to come alive. Lord have mercy here. Even a, even a plant, if you graft a dead piece of plant into a live piece of plant, the dead piece of plant is still going to be dead. Amen. So it's not a until Christ comes along that it is possible for the reconnecting of a spiritual life in the dirt that was man to transpire. And so this morning I want to talk to you from the idea, the reconciled relationship with God. The reconciled relationship with God. For I believe that it is, it, it is probably of the premier uh, importance for us to understand and grab a hold of the idea that any and all relationships that we have are insignificant except and unless we have first a relationship with God himself. And if we have uh, this relationship with God himself, it facilitates because of the spiritual strength and the spiritual life that we would then have, it would facilitate our ability to have relationships with others. Therefore, the Lord himself says, uh, when asked the question, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love God first and have, in other words, have that relationship with God right first and then love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, if you get the vertical uh, relationship right, then the horizontal relationships are then easy to accomplish. And so it is of the premier importance to us that we first of all have or enter into a reconciled relationship with God. Are y'all still here with me? The reconciled relationship with God that we see in the scripture and that we understand takes place, takes place, first of all, by the faithfulness, uh, because of the faithful work of Christ. It is the faithful work of Christ and not anything that we have done that allowed for and accommodated the reconciled relationship with God. Now, if we walk through our text here on this morning, what we'll see uh, in the verses in uh, chapter 5, actually, if you even went all the way back to verse 15 in chapter 5, verses 15 through 19, what they literally do is that Paul is laying out for us the contrast between Adam's unfaithfulness that brought us death and destroyed the relationship that we had with God and Jesus' faithfulness that brought life and reconnected or reconciled us in the relationship. So you see a contrast working in these verses where there was the unfaithfulness of Adam and the faithfulness of Christ. Lord, help me here. And so if I walk you all the way back, uh, even back to, um, uh, in the text, it says that in Adam's offense, that is, in the unfaithfulness of Adam, uh, verse 17 uh, if by one man's offense death reigned through one, that is, we all died in Adam. Adam's disobedience brought death to every man because in Adam was the blood of life. And if the blood of life was defective, when Adam 
sinned, his blood became defective, and every child born after that was born with defective blood. And the only way that we could be reconciled to God is that we had to have some new blood. Lord, have mercy. And that's why the blood on the cross is so important. I'm, I'm really trying to help somebody, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But in this text, what we, what we literally see here is that in Adam's uh, uh, if you go all the way back to verse 15, the free gift is not like the offense for if in by one man's offense, many died and all died. Literally, we all died in Adam much more. On the other hand, the faithfulness of God, uh, of God's gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to many. So whereas in Adam's offense, verse 15, many died. Uh, in Adam's disobedience, many died. In Adam's unfaithfulness, many died. In Jesus' faithfulness, the gift of grace abounded towards us. Verse 16, in Adam's unfaithfulness, judgment and condemnation came. It says that the gift is not like that which was through the one who sinned. Uh, for the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. And so through Adam's uh, unfaithfulness, condemnation, and judgment came, but uh, through Jesus' faithfulness, which is the free gift we get, it's free, y'all, uh, but it wasn't cheap, which it, it came to many uh, offenses resulted in justification. So whereas in Adam, uh, his unfaithfulness brought condemnation in Jesus' Christ, his faithfulness towards us brought justification. Verse 17 says, uh, in Adam... Uh, death reigned. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. In other words, through Adam, we all died because of his blood, because of that bloodline that he passed on. But much more, those who receive the abundance of grace, that is the blood of Jesus Christ, those who get the blood transfusion, Lord, help me here, those who get the blood of the Lamb, oh Lord, then grace uh, abounds and and righteousness will reign in life through that one, Jesus Christ. So in Adam's unfaithfulness, death reigned. But in Jesus' faithfulness, uh, we reign in life through Christ. And you see the contrast continues to work through the text. Verse 18 says, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification. Verse 19, so we see that. Again, the judgment that came as a result of Adam's unfaithfulness, the righteousness that comes as a result of Jesus' justification. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience or by Adam's unfaithfulness, Many were made sinners. In other words, the reason why Romans chapter uh, 3, 23 said all have sinned is because of Adam. Because Adam made us all sinners. It's Adam's fault that we're all sinners. I know that you might say, well, uh, Eve ate first. But Eve's not the reason why we're all sinners. We're all sinners because of Adam. Because in Adam, we all sin. Because Adam was the one that carried the blood. Eve could have sinned and, and we still could have moved on. But when Adam sinned, Lord help me here. When Adam sinned, he corrupted all of the rest of humanity. Because the rest of humanity was in his blood. And so therefore, when Adam sinned, we all sinned. So we see there in Adam's unfaithfulness, he brought unfaithfulness or sin to us all. But to the contrary, in verse 19, in Jesus' faithfulness, 
in his faithfulness by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Lord, help me. Uh, by the, the benefit of Jesus' faithful work of dying on a cross and offering his blood in exchange for our blood, many will be made righteousness. What do you mean by righteous? Well, what we mean is many will be made right with God. Lord, help me here. In other words, the crookedness that is in us as a result of sin, the fracture that is in us because of the stained and wicked blood and sinful blood, because of that crookedness, it's going to take some new blood to straighten us out. And if we are recipients of the blood of the lamb then guess what he will straighten out our crooked place and make us straight with him and so we'll be right with God again and our relationship will be right with God again in the same way that a husband and a wife might have contention between themselves and the husband or the wife whichever one uh, you choose to plug into the illustration, the husband and the wife might be the one that, that defiles the relationship. Now, when the relationship is defiled, there is uneasiness and discomfort and there's fracture in the relationship between the husband and the wife. But there has to be some act that is accomplished that brings the husband and the wife back to a place, Lord help me here, of being reconciled back together, Lord help me. And in the midst of even them being reconciled back together, I know some people think that I'm sorry is a reconciling act. Lord, help me here. But the reality is someone can do you wrong and say I'm sorry and still not really truly reconcile the relationship. Woo, Jesus. I mean, you can still be married to one another. You can still be living in the same house. You can still be sleeping in the same bed. But there may be still a real fracture in the relationship that other people don't see. Woo, can I can I get honest with somebody this morning? Because deep down inside, you know there's still still some enmity between you and your spouse because of whatever happened. But here's the good news. What Jesus did on Calvary, when he offered himself as a faithful sacrifice, when he did not oh, come down from the cross, when he decided to die, he became the writing element of the relationship and he allowed for the reconciliation of the relationship without anything left for us to hold on to. He removed all the sin by his reconciling act. So by one man's faithfulness, we all became reconciled to God. We became reconnected to God. And God's not laying in the bed with his back towards us saying, hey, I remember what you did. Because when our sin is forgiven, he removes our sin from his memory. It's as cast as far as the east is from the west. The scripture says, and he remembers it no more. Somebody ought to be excited about that. So, somebody should have shouted right about there. When you think about all the sin you've done and the fact that God has forgiven you of all, his, all that sin and, and doesn't remember it anymore, even while you remember it, he has forgotten it. Lord, have mercy. That's just a, that's a shouting point right there. Y'all should have been excited about that. But he, but he continues to share with us. He shifts a little bit in the text because he's still, he's still dealing with the faithful, faithful work of Christ because the means by which this relationship was reconciled 
and then we have a reconciled relationship with God is because of the faithfulness of Christ. And, and here's the interesting thing. In, in this relationship, it wasn't because of our faithfulness that we were able to reconcile with him. It was solely a one-sided faithfulness that reconciled this relationship. And it was one-sided on the part of the one who was offended. Oh, Lord, have mercy. In other words, it wasn't us coming back to God saying we were sorry. It was God coming to us and saying, I know you messed up, but I'm going to fix it anyway. My God. Can you imagine that, that you wronged your spouse and you did wrong and you got caught? And it was, I mean, there wasn't even a question about it. I mean, it was, it was bad. And the, the spouse who was wrong came and said, I forgive you and I'm not even going to remember what you did and, and, and charged you nothing. That's, in essence, what Jesus did by his faithfulness. He was faithful to us when we were unfaithful to him. My goodness. So he, he moves from the contrast of, of Jesus' faithfulness to Adam's unfaithfulness. He moves from there, and he be, then begins to contrast the faithfulness of Christ's grace gift, which supersedes the unfaithfulness of the law, which could not reconcile us to God. Y'all still here with me? So as you, as you get to around verse 20, he begins to deal with this issue of grace and the law. Because when man sinned, the law was put in place to continuously remind man that he was in sin and that he was not in right relationship with God. So the law was a constant reminder that you're not in right relationship with God. And when the law was put in place, it identified sin. As Scripture says, without the law, we would not have known sin. Moreover, he says, the law entered that the offense might abound. So in other words, when the law was put in place to show man the errors of his ways, man's error of his ways began to be identified exponentially. In other words, when the law was put in place, the offense or the, the sin of man was magnified that, and, and so it abounded. But, here it is, here's the contrast. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And so all of that has to do with God's faithfulness. Where man kept going down the road of wickedness, God kept going down the road of faithfulness, and in his faithfulness, he says, I'm going to extend to you grace. And every time you did two sins, he, he poured over your sins with more than enough grace to cover those sins. Lord, help me here. If I can say it this way, if you did two sins, he gave you 200 pounds worth of grace. If you had 10 pounds worth of sin he gave you a thousand pounds worth of grace lord help me here in other words grace always was more than the sin you committed and so where sin abounded grace abounded much more lord help me here and and watch this and then he says verse 21 so that as sin reigned in death watch this even so grace might reign through the righteousness to the eternal life through christ jesus so where Sin began to reign and to perpetrate death. Grace abounded so that we would reign in life through him. Grace, grace is a great thing. It's great, great, great thing. So Christ actually in his faithfulness brought about the possibility of a reconciled relationship with God. And so in this relationship, in this reconciled relationship with God, we understand first and foremost that the faithful work of Christ brings about the reconciliation so what is the responsibility of man 
in this relationship. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.